Unsurprisingly, the Nerd and Tie podcast is a part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. For more podcasts from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by finding an invite at nerdandtie.com slash discord. Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right, for just $20, we'd say your name here. We'd say how cool you are, and we'd compliment you on those shoes. Your shoes are looking great, Ben. See how great that would have sounded if I had said your name instead of Ben's? And think how sad Ben is now that he knows that I was just complimenting his name randomly instead of because he gave us $20. And if he gave us $20, I would have meant it. Just go to nerdandtie.com and click on the sponsor form thingy on the menu. The, the thing at the top with the links that, that says sponsor us. Click on that and find more information there. We're professionals. On this month's edition of Nerd and Tie, we remember Leiji Matsumoto. The Mandalorian doesn't have an ending yet. James Gunn has Phase 1 of DC's new slate picked out. Picard is back for one more season. Poker Face is amazing. All that and the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge this month on Nerd Cone Tie. I probably should have looked up what the like Spanish way of saying nerd and tie would be, but eh. You 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 effectively said nerd with tie. See, si. not nerd and like e would nerd be would be tie. and, but you you went with nerd with tie, which si. is, I mean, besides losing the pun. I mean, yeah, well, you know, I it's not like I took Spanish for four years and scored really well in it or anything i did that i i actually did that i just haven't practiced it in forever whatever anyway um welcome everyone to a another monthly edition of nerd and tie um i am celeste and as always i am best (laughs) correcting my horrific spanish is the one differous trade orn now you're using my words yeah, I'm using your words against you for you. I'm bad at. I'm not good at being. Mean. Uh, and quietly moving in, waiting to strike. It's the legendary Genjamin Brock. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah. So. Yeah. So there's this thing. Amazon. I ordered this cable from Amazon. Right. I am holding this cable from Amazon. It is in my hands. They delivered it to me a week ago. Amazon right. keeps sending me emails apologizing for my cable not being here yet. <laughs> they keep telling me that the shipping is updated and with new estimates even later and later. And I don't know. And I can't like tell them not to do anything. They don't have a link for that. Um, I don't know what to do i have the case it's it's in my hand i'm looking at it i'm touching it i'm holding it it is here amazon i have it yeah i got nothing i i don't know what to tell you about that bud you delivered it to me i did not amazon stop stop (laughs) amazon stop trying to to re-deliver it to me it's it's here i don't need another one well well that's 
I don't even know what to make of that. That's wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we have a pretty interesting slate uh, this month. Um, although we, uh, it's it's February was a little bit slow. I'll be the first to admit, but um, I kind of want to start us off this month on a bit of a downer note, and then it's it's pretty positive from here on in. I promise. It's okay. I primed um, them with a downer by talking about Amazon.com. <laughs> Fair. Um, just uh, we found out last week, although the actual uh, date of his passing was earlier than that, that on uh, February 13th of 2023, we didn't find out till a week later, that uh, legendary um, manga author, artist, and uh, TV create Japanese TV creator, Leiji Matsumoto, uh, passed away at the age of 85 um, due to uh, complications with heart failure. Um, if... Um, Matsumoto-sensei's name is familiar. It's because he created some truly legendary pieces of Japanese space opera, including uh, solely creating Galaxy Express 3-9 and Captain Harlock, that entire franchise. Um, he was also the co-creator of Space Battleship Yamato, uh, or Star Blazers for the, you know, the people from the late 70s early 80s who only remember it under that name um i don't think you can undersell what a stranglehold this guy had on like space anime for the end of the 70s and almost the entirety of the 80s um even um something that a lot of and if you're not familiar with any of those other things something that you may be familiar with is he was the uh animator and uh story person for the daft punk feature length music video um interstellar 5555 which is a um which is the entirety of the discovery album but as an anime mm -hmm. uh and it's excellent um but yeah, uh, real shock. I'm kind of beside myself. I've never really made it a secret that I'm a big Leiji fan. Um, and just losing him is, it's heartbreaking. Like, I mean, granted, he was 85, so he lived a long life. Um, he obviously left a huge impact on people. And a lot of his stories are about... Uh, mortality and the memories of the people we hold dear carrying on with us even after they pass but it, it doesn't make it any easier um i guess one other thing that i thought was kind of sweet was uh uh, uh co-host of our sister show famicom dojo vink got to visit matsumoto's hometown where um uh there's not only a memorial, but there are bronze statues of a couple of Matsumoto's most famous characters, uh, the aforementioned Captain Harlock and Maytel from Galaxy Express 3-9, where people have delivered flowers to the bronze statues, and it's, it's really sweet. I don't know. I'm just... It, it's been a downer. I just wanted to memorialize such an, a, an amazing man while we could, and 
Um, if you're not familiar with his work, check out that um, Daft Punk video. Also, or series of videos, I guess, because they're they're legally uploaded in separate chunks, but it, it tells a full story. Um, and uh, or go on to Retro Crush. There's a lot of Space Battleship, or there's a lot of Captain Harlock on there. There's some Galaxy Express 39. Uh, Yamato's a way bigger pain in the butt to get a hold of for some reason, but the remake was really good. That's on Crunchyroll. I don't know, just remember the man. He was really a once-in-a-lifetime kind of person. Yeah. Sorry about that. I no, got it's, real. No, it's, it's okay. We share your sentiment. It's just really legendary person. So we we salute you, Leiji. I hope that uh, your journey to the Sea of the Stars is a safe one. Um, so that was, uh, that's kind of our downer start, but let's talk about something, I guess, happier, but still with space. <laughs> um, so, uh, in a recent interview, uh, Mandalorian showrunner John Favreau revealed that they don't have an ending planned out for the Mandalorian yet at this time. And a lot of people are getting upset about that. It's for some so reason. fucking wild, man. Weird. It's... All right, so uh, yeah, it's so John Favreau uh, didn't interview, like talk to the press about Mandalorian stuff because Mandalorian season three is coming up pretty soon, and Wednesday and, from when we're recording yeah. this, yeah, yeah, it's uh, and and he said that the the they they've they they already have season four written, they have said that, and that um, season four is planned out, but that they don't have a preset ending for the show, and. A lot of people like I've I've seen like this take that like oh but serialized prestige television you you should know where you're going with the story and like there should be an ending and I'm just like I'm sitting here going why I mean like the show's not written like people point out like someone pointed out to me that like oh but the show's not written episodically it's you know it's it's written with like a serialized storytelling but it's like I'm like it's it's not episodic in the sense that it's not like an episode but they treat each season as a standalone story effectively so it's fine guys this is what also uh, like while there is an ongoing story in in my opinion one of the reasons why Mandalorian works so well is that it is pretty episodic even That's if true. it is there are a bunch of episodic doing, uh... stories in there too yeah yeah like i'm i'm sorry but like I like the fact that you can go from seven samurai pastiche to, uh, <laughs> to space train robbery within the same season. Yeah. It's like people like, to, and well, here's the thing is that like people say that and I'm like, but that's 99% of television shows don't have preset endings. Additionally, when the shows that do have preset endings, sometimes the writers get so preoccupied with an ending they came up with five or six years ago that they will try to shoehorn themselves into that ending without it no without it anymore being the like it's no longer the natural progression for the characters. Right, it's, long after it makes sense. I didn't watch it's... the Dexter revival, but I will tell you, like everything wrong with the last couple episodes of the show Dexter were was because they wanted to stick to an ending they wrote during the first season. Um, 
I've I, I've heard a lot of people have said that about like the How I Met Your Mother suffers of well that the trying to fit a pre-planned ending. Yeah, um, it's I I can think of others, but like I'm sorry here. I, one, I think a lot of these people, a lot of people don't understand that like within the industry. A lot of these things are not planned out. The MCU isn't actually planned, like, very thoroughly. They're just good at making it look like it is. Well, and, and yeah, although heck, some people it, criticize the MCU for not being better planned, but, you know, that's... I mean, no, that's fair. But, like, I guess an even better example is, like, if the Mandalorian showrunners were dead set on sticking to a plan they had from the beginning, they would already be piss out of luck because they're short a Gina Carano now. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, I don't feel that it's a big loss to not have that character, but like there was all this plan to make her character, this really important, like spinoff show character. And that plan's been completely jettisoned. Yeah. These things evolve naturally. Well, it's... And that's okay. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like, I think the reason why people are up in arms about it is because of the sequel trilogy. Of And it is true. When they started making the sequel trilogy of the, for the Star Wars franchise, they did not um, plan it out at all. And they should have. Like, but that's different. Like, that's... Like, as I said earlier... Favreau has said they have planned out season four. They know how season four is going to end before they start filming it. And that's what you should do. And that's why, like, the they should have had a planned ending with the trilogy because they knew the trilogy had an end, right? Like, it's when you're planning a show, though, if you just plan one season at a time, that's fine because the only thing you're guaranteed is the season, right? Like... I mean, to also, though, I guess I'm... I'm still of the, like, if I look at the, and I know it's not, it, I'm not going to pretend that the original uh, outline for episode nine is any better, but it sure looks like thematically the original idea for episode nine sure seemed a lot more cohesive with episode eight than what we got. Almost like losing the director um, meant that you'd have that they decided to rewrite the entire script because the new director didn't like it and yeah. Disney executives didn't want to pay the old director a producer credit. Oh, <laughs> oh, I it's that's yeah. a thing. But too. I think but I think that's like that's where it comes from though is that like I think that's part of it and there's this expectation that our showrunners are supposed to be better planned and I don't know if if people just aren't used to writing ongoing serialized stories, like I did a comic for 10 years, you know, it's, I, I never plant like eventually as I got into like the last three years of the comic and I knew that like I preset the ending of the comic several years before I ended it. I did have a general plan for the remaining like arcs for like where I was going to get characters before the end of the run. Right. But for the vast majority of writing unconventional, I didn't know what the hell we were doing, what I was going to do next. It's I just wrote the next story that came up into my head. And that's how most shows are written. It's like some of my favorite television shows of all my favorite TV show of all time is Deep Space Nine. 
Mm. Right. And while there are like there are serialized arcs that come in there, they didn't really have a master plan and like Star Trek shows in the 90s, they'd go like, okay, we're just going to run 170-something episodes and just have a cool two-parter finale. That star- <laughs> it's like, that's how you made Star Trek in the 90s. It's, oh, in a non-science fiction example, let's take The West Wing. Aaron Sorkin, when he was writing the show, he wrote the first four seasons, right? He's big, famous, like, prestige drama showrunner. Everybody, you know, like it, you know, his moment may be a little past now, but like Aaron Sorkin, hot shit, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. loved Aaron Sorkin, his writing at least. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they felt about him on an interpersonal level. I've never met the man, but he famously would write cliffhangers with no freaking idea what the resolution was. Well, and if I may interject, um, I think this is how most writing in general happens um for for example i participate in national novel writing month where you try to write an entire book in 30 days and you know you can plan as much as you want but at the end of the day you're sitting there trying to get your word count in for that day and you're just like what am I doing? Where am I going? Let's write this section. I have no idea what it's going to do later. But okay. And then like later on, you come back in the edit, and then you try to like fit the pieces together. And, and these people who are working on these shows are running on a much tighter timeline. Yeah. And, and like uh, kind of going off of, something that we implied before I, I think it's good to have an idea of where you want to end it but i it's also good to have that openness of like what if two actors have way more chemistry than what you had planned for exactly like or yeah something, like something you you've written before may come back and you could be like oh wait I could tie this bit I wrote just now to that bit I wrote earlier and like tie that up in a nice little bundle. Ask me how I come up with Stormwood and Associates meta arcs. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yup. So yeah, it just seems like a, and like I've, I think some of, some of the readings that you have, Trey, are a lot more generous than some of the, i i Com- uh, encountered people on Twitter just uh, going at it from the perspective of, oh, they're gonna milk this thing dry. They have no intention of of giving it a satisfying conclusion. They just want to run it into the ground. It's like, well, I mean, sure. Yeah. Like, do they maybe? not know how television works? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've I'm a supernatural. I, I watched every season of Supernatural. All right. That show was supposed to end more than once. Like, that's the whole thing. Supernatural had an intended end. And then they wrote season six. All right? Like, Mm -hmm. that show ran for almost three times past its intended end point. Like, it's... Sometimes, planning to end is not necessarily, like, great. Because then... 
like it's it's good to have a satisfying ending when you know you're going to end the show, right? Like I think that's why it's really important that when like that that showrunners either end shows on their own terms or that like I like it when a show gets renewed for a final season. So mm-hmm. the writers know when they're writing that final season that they're they're coming to an end. Or at least writers, when they know that our ratings are kind of low, we should write the end of this season as a possible end of the show. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's the more common way for it to happen. Um, like, Cause like, which is not a bad... I don't think that's a bad way of approaching it either. No. Like, and just because they don't have an ending for the whole series now doesn't mean that they're not going to find one later. Because it's popular enough that it's probably, like, they're probably banking on it continuing at least another season yeah. or two. Yeah. And they can find it late. They can find well, the ending later. I, th- I think um, a look at uh, Jericho uh, is a show that uh, hardly anyone probably remembers, but it was a post-apocalyptic show starring Skeet Ulrich. Um, but they got canceled after season one. Season one had a cliffhanger. They had a fan campaign, which brought the show back for a season two. And the showrunners wrote wrote and filmed two different endings for season two the we think we're going to get canceled ending and the we think we're going to get renewed ending and where the i kind of dig that we think we're going to get canceled ending gave a resolution to the story (laughs) i legitimately like like that though yeah like i think that's kind of a smart thing to do and they aired the we were pretty sure we're canceled ending (laughs) they were but uh yeah like you can just not have a like, plan. Just just wait until they actually like get canceled without a resolution. Then be mad. Then be yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like this is a dumb thing to be mad about. Well, but it's also it's like you take shows that were supposed to have an ending like Lost, and Lost was supposed to end years before it did. Um because and then but it was so successful the network wanted to keep renewing it. So they had to keep putting off the ending and Dude, I actually like the way Lost ended. I'm 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 in that camp of I knew what show I was watching, where I think a lot of the people who don't like Lost ending, I think never figured out the kind of show the writers were trying to make and desperately wanted it to be a different kind of show that they would prefer. And I think that was the the big disconnect with Lost's finale, where people didn't like the ending of Lost because they they thought they were watching a different show. And so it's it's not their fault that they didn't like it. Like I'm not gonna say that. Like it's no, it's you're allowed to not like it. But my, I I was on board with the intention, and where a lot of people weren't. But that my, show my, milked out. Sorry. And well, what I was saying is though is that like they end up having to milk out and stretch some stuff because they had to make it longer while still eventually getting to that end goal. And so you know, so that's why you end up with people getting off the island and then having to go back to the island. Um, it's prison break. <laughs> we're gonna break out of prison. Now we're gonna break into prison. Now we're gonna break out of that other prison. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, my uh, hot take on the Mandalorian so far is that while I have enjoyed the seasons, both of the season one and the season two finale have been satisfying to the point that. I would love to see more, but if that was the ending, I would still feel completely satisfied. Yeah, I do that's feel, my, yeah. That's my hot, I guess, lukewarm hot take, is that it's like, I honestly think season one has a really satisfying conclusion, and then season two happened, it's like, oh, 
that's heartbreaking, but also satisfying. I do like, feel bad for anybody who is going into season three not having watched Book of Boba Fett and doesn't right? realize that it was requ- required viewing for, like, they're going to be like, why, why is Grogu there? Didn't he just give away Grogu? <laughs> like, it's going to make the eventual DVD box set in 20 years, like, really confusing. Yeah, you know, assuming uh, uh, assuming Disney decides anything. to actually do a... It's going to make the inevitable pirated piece. DVD box set. Okay, there we go. You'll notice I said DVD. I didn't say any HD formats. Okay, no, good point. I was talking about the... I used the last technology that was wildly, widely inexpensive to produce your own bootlegs on. Fair, fair. Which, you know, I don't know. That might be a... Uh, don't trust streaming services, kids. Uh, might not be a bad idea. Just saying. Anyways, I guess, speaking of stuff on streaming services... Kinda? Some of I it. I mean, yeah, half of this is on streaming services. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I guess the biggest like piece of like a nerd news, so to speak was that James Gunn revealed the first wave of uh, the DC um, the DC cinematic universe that he has been brought in to try to wrangle after um, several failed attempts at wrangling it. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse. For better or for worse. So yeah, our 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 man, uh, James Gunn, is coming in and uh, is titling this phase of film and TV, Gods and Monsters. Okay. <laughs> um. So the weird thing that I'm uh. The weird thing that I'm feeling about this so far is just the fact that they're doing this whole, um, that the plan is apparently to have the same actors for TV shows, movies, and from what James Gunn said, animated series and video games as well. That seems, that seems kind of weird to me. Like, that's, it's very, um, ambitious. I don't know if I'm... It is, and it's... So, like, okay, so he's got... So Creature Commandos, a seven-episode animated series that Gunn wrote that's already in production. We've got a spinoff of Peacemaker... we got a spinoff of Peacemaker uh, called Waller, following uh, Viola Davis as, you know, Waller. Um, and then we've got... Uh, and it's, it's being written by... Um, the Crystal Henry, who uh, worked on the Watchmen TV series, and Jeremy Carver, the creator of Doom Patrol TV so show. So those are two two shows I loved. Yeah. So. Um, then they're doing uh, Superman Legacy, which is the uh, the the kind of Superman prequel thing. I don't know. Like it's it's not an origin story, but it's yeah. yeah. But it's... And they've got uh, Lanterns, which is not the Greg Berlanti series that was being worked on, because Greg Berlanti's kind of parting ways um, as the Arrowverse is winding down. Do you blame him? No, I, mean... I don't. No, it's. I mean, it. It sounds. <laughs> it's. It sounds more like. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, so 
the, so they're they're you know it's gonna be a the, our vision is just very much in the vein of True Detective. Uh, uh, Saffron said the the guy who's doing stuff with gun. Um, anyways, then they've got uh, the Authority, which is a um coming out. It's gonna be a movie. That's um, the one that I understand least. I'm gonna be honest. Well, it's with it's you. Wildstorm characters. Yeah, I, I don't really know the Wildstorm characters, so I don't really like yeah. Um, it's like, what if the boys, but the seven were the main characters? Some have yeah. described the book to me. Yeah. Then we've got uh, Paradise Lost, um, which is going to be uh, set on Themyscira, um, or Themyscira. I always mispronounce Paradise Island. It was can, easy, easy in the seventies. All right. Um, can I give a Can I give a quick thing? I really do feel like Paradise Lost. It's it's set on Paradise Island, but I can't help but feel like we need to acknowledge Wonder Woman, but we're not sure if we're going to keep Gal Gadot. So this is our, this is our compromise for the time being. Yeah. That's the vibe I'm getting. So I hope they keep Gal Gadot. I like her in the part. Um, Unless she said something terrible I'm not aware of, and I don't want you to tell me about it right now if she did. Um, Okay. (laughs) Because we're going to move on. Uh, Then they're doing The Brave and the Bold, which is going to be the DCU Batman, which... uh, Will not be Robert Pattinson. No, because it's going to be a different Batman. So they're going to do that with with Damian Wayne as Robin, um, based off of uh, one of the Grant Morrison's runs on Batman. I really like Grant Morrison Batman, so I'm so, good with that much. So we don't know who Batman's going to be in that movie. Um, but we do know it won't be Pattinson, but it's okay. So besides that, uh, unrelated to the franch- to the continuity of the DCU, they are going to make a sequel to The Batman called uh, The Batman Part 2. And uh, apparently they're still doing that Penguin TV show for HBO as well. Yeah. So that's uh, there's weird. a there's a Booster Gold HBO Max series. I have one friend who's super into Booster Gold. Yeah, you have excited. two friends again because I'm right here. We almost <laughs> had him in the Arrow. We had him briefly in the Arrowverse for like two episodes of Legends, and he would have been a main character in Legends of Tomorrow, played by and Donald Faison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then they've also got a uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Um, that we, comic is wild and will make a really cool movie if they play yeah. their cards right. And then they're making a Swamp Thing movie. Yes! 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 I'm away from my microphone, so I'm not as loud. Yes! <laughs> and we still have, I mean, we still have coming up the, the Shazam movie, um, uh, Fury of the Gods in March, along with The Flash um, in June, uh, Blue Beetle. And then... Um, and then Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. Those are all still coming. Uh, like, and it sounds this year. like they're committing to the whole Flashpoint reboot the universe thing, which I'm worried is going to... I'm worried that's going to scare off casual moviegoers, honestly. I don't know. I don't know. But... It's So, like, and there are things, though, that we have to think of that are, that are, um, that are casualties of this slate and this shift. Uh, Doom Patrol has been canceled, um, and then uh, so Doom Patrol's canceled. Uh, I don't know if Titans has been renewed. Titans or... also got canceled. T- yeah. Titans also got canceled, and uh, Dead Boy Detectives uh, has been uh, 
was canceled at HBO Max, but picked up by Netflix. So Netflix is going to make the Dead Boy Detective series. Um, but um, so a bunch of a bunch of shows that aren't in continuity are going to get an Elseworlds label. So that includes the Robert Pattinson the Batman sequels. Um, hilariously, that also includes Teen Titans Go. Is going to have an Elseworlds <laughs> logo. <on it. laughs> In case you can't figure out that that's not main continuity. I mean, it's I'm a little sad to see Titans go, if only for, like, not hearing the most creative theme song ever for a show. I, I have opinions about Titans. <laughs> I've watched every yes. episode. Yep. I, uh, <laughs> it was not good, but I liked it. I think that was like it had high points. It's it it's not good, but I liked it. Was my impression of Titans. Whereas I think Doom Patrol might be one of the best. Doom Patrol is amazing, and I'm so time. mad that it's done. I want more. I love it, but I'm there's also that part of me that's like. I think I would rather it go out on a high note than. I would than have liked like it to end in, with an informed, "Hey, we're doing this is your final season." I think that's what I would want. I want I would want them to know they were doing a final season. That's fair. Um, I don't know. It's Doom Patrol is one of the best superhero shows of recent memory. So that's the I to me is the. One of the biggest losses, not counting what happened to Batgirl, which I'm still angry about. Yeah, probably. Angry well, the problem about. is with Batgirl is it's still like there's it 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 could still in some in some ways Batgirl is still the movie that it could be in my head. So like true. it is true that movie could suck. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but like it's because it's this unknown. It could also be all the unfulfilled potential I imagined for it. So that's why that one's hard. So Doom Patrol, true. on the other hand, I know Doom Patrol is good. Yeah, it's... And I still recommend you watch it because it is amazing. Hard agree. Yeah, and, uh, it's four amazing seasons of television. Just, just yeah. a really, really smart, really well-written show. A few trigger warnings do apply, but... It's worth it. Every actor it's in that cast is amazing. Again, have you watched Doom Patrol yet? Not yet, but it's on my list. <laughs> you should watch it. I, I I will. I've if got nothing a, else, yep. like if you're in Janesville again, I will happily rewatch the first season of Doom Patrol with you because oh, like I gotta come down and visit. It's one of my favorite TV shows. What we do is we tape again to a chair and tape our eyes open and <laughs> Clockwork Orange this oh. thing. No. I'll also, watch it voluntarily. Hear... <laughs> and you get to hear Brendan Fraser say what the F like constantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's... it's amazing. No, I just want to say to Mr. Gunn, do good or we'll bring back the Carnival of Sadness. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, like... Don't make us bring it out. Do, 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 do. It's right there. It's right there. Man, you got it, James. James, I know you listen to the podcast. I need. <laughs> yes, James Gunn listens to our show. Absolutely. To finally get his his due, because like. 
I don't know, man. It's like they canceled Swamp Thing before it aired. The last time they had a Swamp Thing. Like, and that show was awesome. I only watched a few episodes of it. I liked it, but it didn't hold me enough to keep watching it. I'll admit. I loved it. But to but be that... fair, I also stopped watching it because, like, I was like, I kind of like this, but I already know it's canceled. So, do I really want to get invested? It also had that that uh, unfortunate fate of when it aired on broadcast TV. It was when the CW was like looking for things to run because of the pandemic. Yeah, and since the main like push of the plot of the first season is Dr. Abigail Arcane um looking at a like the beginnings of a pandemic in Louisiana. I can understand why people might not have wanted to watch that. <laughs> like oof. Um yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I want DC to do something great. I think these are great characters. I want to see Superman done justice on a big screen. Um, Supergirl goofing off in space with crypto is a great idea for a movie. Um, Robin audiences need to finally accept that a Batman story without Robin is an incomplete version of the character. Yeah. I, I really want this to work. But here's um, my thought. This is my final thought. And on my final thoughts, obviously you can have mm -hmm. as many thoughts as you want and say them as long as you want, but this is this is my thought. I kind of don't if it fails then it'll just be bad and I won't watch it. If it succeeds, it's great, but I have stopped rooting <laughs> for anything. Like, I have now gone to the point where I will watch it if it's good, I will stop watching it if it's bad, and I am no longer going to anticipate any of it. Because I have been let down so many times, but there have been surprises that have I've enjoyed. Like, I loved Peacemaker. Peacemaker was incredible, right? So yeah. like I'm I'm still giving it shots. I'm still gonna try stuff out as long as I'm still subscribing to the service. But if I get annoyed with HBO Max because I'm mad at Warner Brothers Discovery, I'll stop. <laughs> like it's really whether or not I stick with this is far more conditional on the parent company's behavior than anything else at this point. Because I, I no, do not care enough right now to keep paying them money if I can't rely on them. And so that's the trust actually here. It's not James Gunn's to lose me. It is Warner Brothers Discovery's to lose me. No, you're you're completely right cuz I mean we keep HBO Warner Brothers Discovery and by extension HBO Max have been so unreliable. Well, and also this is like the fifth plan. Yeah, yeah, how many DC movie slates have we back in the first year of the show, we were talking about their slate of movies and theoretically this Flash movie coming out this year is the same movie that has been in production hell since this show started. Yeah. I <laughs> 
by the way, I have no interest in seeing the Flash movie. I'm sorry. I, I, I... do. Uh, the sad thing is, is that I, I want the following. I want to see this movie, and then I want Ezra Miller to fall in a hole. <laughs> that, that, see, that's it's it's that thing of and like just we all forget he existed ever, and he just goes away forever. But I want, right. I I do want to see this movie because of everything else involved in this movie. I, I I don't get me wrong. I like I actually liked Ben Affleck's Batman. I everyone knows how much I like Michael Keaton. I think Sasha Cali deserves a fair shake. I'm sure her Supergirl is great. I just I, I I was in college when the Flashpoint comic came out, and this is like the third or fourth adaptation of Flashpoint during. During like since well, then, yeah. So there hasn't been that. They did long, it on the and show, and they did the animated Flashpoint, they did, didn't they? Yeah, the animated movie they did. They did before the TV show did it. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like there was another adaptation in there, though I might be making that up. I don't know. I'm I mean, just, it I, is it is an important movie because it's gonna let them reset the universe. I mean, I guess I just I don't know I. We can do it without the fanfare and without giving a a criminal a, like, a criminal kidnapper money. Like I don't hey, know. but at least they're a non-binary criminal kidnapper. Yeah, that makes me feel so much better. Yeah. Wow. Oh. My, I mean, I have like I want to liken the DCU to like an abusive lover where it's like, uh, like, like they keep promising like, Oh, but this time it's going to be good. It's going to be better. And it's just like, yeah, but like so many disappointments pile up. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, it's here's the problem is that they like traditionally the like here's the thing when Marvel would fuck up historically uh with the MCU is like they still committed to their over arc, right? Like they 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 would cancel some stuff like, you know, they maybe cancel one or two movies or something like that or slide something down the line, but like overall like if they get, if they set out a plan and told you the plan the plan would largely happen, right? Yeah. DC mm-hmm. has not done that. DC will like tell you there's a plan yeah. and then change it and then change it again and then rewrite the whole thing and then make you all these promises and then change it and then and 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 you think you're going to give up and then you get a peacemaker or you get, you know, an aquaman or the suicide squad or the su- yeah. yeah, they'll give you suicide like, they give squad you, like, and then they'll give you the suicide squad. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> It's tiny nuggets of gold in big piles of poo. Yeah, but and and to be fair, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the the DCEU, um, saying DCU is gonna throw me off every single time. Like it it doesn't like I've been saying DCEU for you know a decade. It's <laughs> it, it well you know it, it the rolls only off the way tongue better. Save this. We gotta restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> Well, here's the thing: is it's like there there really wasn't a centralized person running the show the way there was at Marvel. Like Kevin Feige, like was from you know 
from the get of them like have had a plan not a good like not like a plan plan but like had like a kind of a thematic vision that he linked everything into mm. you know it's uh the MCU ran more like a television show yeah and but because of that they were able to actually like maintain a tone and maintain like their shit you know it's for better or for worse there are bad things about that but they're but the the good thing about it is they were totally consistent and it helped them like maintain an audience DC sometimes you get a not thor of the dark it. world but yeah thor of the dark world is far from the worst sometimes you get an eternals um okay that's but yeah like well i was going with an older from like a <laughs> From a saga that we know actually went somewhere, as opposed to... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's... I will... Here's the thing. We've gotten so many promises from various versions of Warner Brothers under various parent companies that mm. I... Sure seems like an interesting plan. Let's see how that plays out, Cotton. I'm... I'll I'll give one more bit of my two cents. I'm going to be honest. Like, Joker wasn't my thing. But... Wait, there's I no mention of Joker 2 in this article I was reading. It's apparently still happening. I know, it's a musical. But, like, all I'm saying is that, well, you know, Joker certainly wasn't my thing. I know people for whom Birds of Prey wasn't their thing. But I actually think I enjoy the thing I enjoyed most was when they stopped trying to have a cohesive universe and they were just like, hey, let's make some good movies on their own. Because then I we got a good Aquaman movie that just worked on its own and a yeah. good Shazam movie that just worked on its own and a good yeah. Birds of Prey movie that just kind of like, worked DC on its is, own. Yeah, yeah DC's obviously trying to copy what Marvel accomplished and it's just not working. So like why keep trying when you can just do something else yeah just like make the individual films which are turned like which somehow turn out to be good like well and sometimes uh, they don't like sometimes you end up with black adam i mean black adam actually i liked i actually liked black adam but did not do financially well so from a hollywood point of view yeah but but like i get what but like i I really liked just having it be like, hey, James Gunn is making this vulgar, violent, anti-capitalist Suicide Squad movie. And uh, um, uh, the uh, Todd Phillips is doing a Martin Scorsese pastiche with a Batman villain. And uh, uh, the uh, um, Kathy Yan is doing a r-rated girl gang movie and matt reeves is doing a neo-noir with batman yeah, i just DC think needs to embrace it's weird yeah like I, just letting directors do their own thing i think was really cool and i'm kind of sad that i'm kind of sad that this could be a more homogenized whatever yeah coming out the other end i guess we will find out indeed speaking well, of finding out and effing around? No. Uh, <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, I feel like this would have been better if I had put this after the Mandalorian story. <laughs> the rundown. Done the DC thing first, then the Mandalorian. Because yeah, speaking of streaming services and kind of the opposite, the Mandalorian didn't have an ending. Picard does, because Picard season three is the final season, and it is currently airing on a streaming service, Paramount+. Plus. Final frontier indeed. <laughs> 
And uh, it is, uh, we're a couple episodes into the season. I've been watching it. Have either of you been watching Picard? Nope. I haven't yet because I never watched season two. And uh, okay. my uh, co-host of uh, our other sister show, Casual Trek, Miles Reed Lobato, told me that I could probably watch it without season two. You actually probably could. Um, so I mean, I, I might do that. Okay, so people, different people have different thoughts about Picard season. The I like Picard season two a lot. I really enjoyed it. I think it's really good. However, they all three seasons of the show have effectively felt like they were kind of standalone stories that like, while characters carry over from them, like you don't necessarily, like they're kind of disconnected stories. Um, I think you need to have seen season one to see season two or season three, but I, I think that you could pretty easily jump into season three, not having seen season two. Um, partially, and partially just has to do with the fact that season two is a time travel story. So, like, the beginning and end of Season 2 are effectively the same moment in time. You know what I mean? I I kind of feel bad that I haven't watched any of Season 3, because it literally came out on my birthday. And when I heard that announcement, I was like, oh, a Next Generation cast reunion for my birthday. What a nice gift. And I feel well, like I put my nose up I at feel that in many ways, Season 3 is interesting because, like... There was a cast of characters with seasons one and two who were, like, very much the cast of the show Star Trek Picard, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like when we get to season three, uh, we keep Rafi. Uh, we keep Rafi, and we keep Seven of Nine. Um, but okay. we, we jettison the rest of the cast. They are just gone. Uh, there is no sign of them, and I don't believe they appear this season. I know certain uh, there are some characters who I know for sure that the the actors just do not appear this season, um, because they were asked I've, about it in the press for season two, and they have said, "Well, they've already started making it, and I'm not in it." About season three. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Uh, so like there there are I characters. Do who, love, uh, I do love Jerry Ryan's captain uniform. It is mm, so cool. Sorry, Seven of Nine as a captain is like the coolest thing in the world Commander. to me. I... Commander? Okay, I'm sorry. Commander. I haven't watched the show yet. I just really think she looks cool. At the beginning of the season, um, obviously we're she's the first officer on the new Titan. I've it's, seen it's the not Riker, Titan. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's not the it's not the Titan that Riker commanded, it's the Titan A. The, like it's the same registry number with an A after it, so it's a different ship than than Riker's previous command. Um, but yeah, it's, so uh, Seven is the the first officer on the uh, on on the Titan. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I'm enjoying it. Um, it it does like it pretty much like if many ways Picard has been almost just an anthology series, just happening mm -hmm. to you know stick with the same continuity but it feels it feels like an anthology series in that way um i'm Damn. enjoying it so far it's picard i do feel like with season three and this is um i don't th i think there are people who will disagree with me but i do feel like they've leaned in a bit much on this being a next generation reunion more so than the continuation mm. of the show that i just watched for two seasons and some people are going to be happy about that because there are people who didn't like the show that I watched for two seasons, but I really did. And so in many ways, I am sad about that. That said, I am enjoying the show I'm getting. 
right? Like, so I am enjoying season three so far. I'm really enjoying these characters. I'm enjoying the, you know, the, the returning faces that we've, we've seen so far where we've gotten, you know, obviously Riker's shown up previously in Picard, but, you know, getting him as like effectively one of the main cast this season. And because it's him and right now it's been Picard and Riker have been kind of going together on their storyline. Um, almost in like a buddy cop fashion uh <laughs> like i think butch and sundance was the comparison also that i heard uh excellent but um like i'm i'm, I'm enjoying the show that we're getting it's uh i don't want to spoil anything uh for people who might be going into it uh but obviously like this is uh people have talked about it as a next generation reunion. It is in the sense that there's a bunch of characters from next generation showing up, but it is also still kind of Picard as a show, so it's like there is no Enterprise, guys. So don't expect anybody to be on the USS Enterprise. That has at least at the point of the season that we're at in late February not shown up, and I don't believe it's gonna show up this season. Um like but we you know we open up the the season opens up on beverly crusher you know it's nice i mean i like gates McFadden, so i'm yeah all on board for that but like we've seen you know we've 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 seen crusher we've seen you know obviously picard and Riker. uh we get a at this point we've seen wharf briefly um and we let's say i know uh um lavar burton and his daughter get some screen time we together. have yeah we have we have well, it's LeVar Burton's character's daughter. Jordy's no, daughter. No, it's his real life daughter. Oh, this is is it played by LeVar Burton's yeah, actual yeah. daughter? LeVar Burton's actual daughter. Um yeah, she's a pretty famous like uh cosplayer and like nerd culture commentator. So uh like she's been in the scene for a while, but now she's getting to do the show with her actual biological dad playing Jordy LaForge's daughter. All right, because yeah, that's Mika Burton. Misha. Oh, uh, Misha. God, I'm. That is not okay. Um, Sydney LaForge is not played by Misha Burton. I don't know who you're right. talking about. Ashley Sharp Chestnut plays. Um, play, plays uh, LaForge's daughter. The one we've met on the show so far. Well, let me and she's definitely not LeVar Burton's daughter. The... LeVar Burton's daughter isn't... Okay. Uh, Ensign Alondra LaForge? Okay, we've met Ensign Sidney LaForge. Yeah, Alondra LaForge is... His, yeah, that's that's uh, the he apparent the the character apparently must have two daughters, more than one. Yeah, what a concept! <laughs> Says the female who has an elder sister. Well, no, it's and therefore right. Therefore, is one of two daughters. Okay, so well, I know that. <laughs> Because, like, okay, so right now, the only one we've met 
is Sydney LaForge. It's the only one who's shown up on screen so far. That's why I was um, confused because I don't, I don't think that's a character we've met. It's not a character we've met so far in the show. Alondra LaForge is the name of one of Jordy's kids in an alternate future in uh, the um, in All Good Things. Yeah, I just i I don't follow her as closely, but I have some friends who what's what's her, her name? Misha um, uh, Burton. Misha Burton. Yeah, it's it's spelled M I C K Burton. I was gonna say definitely not Misha Barton. Is that okay? <laughs> Am I? Maybe my my Midwest accent is hecking things up, or my sleepy brain. Yeah, because she used to do like uh, she was also one of the people who like reveal who uh, uh, exposed uh, how racist it was working at yeah. Rooster Teeth for a while. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's I know who she is. I didn't know she was LeVar Burton's. I don't yep. think she's credited right now as being in. I, yeah, I, I just do from her social media feed. She she made a big deal about the fact that she she was never a Star Trek kid, but she got matching uniforms with her dad. OK, yeah, so they are both. Um, yeah, she is in here. I'm fine. It's there. Yeah, she. The episodes that she's in have not aired yet, so that's why. That's, okay. So that's why you have me confused because we have met one of we have met a character who was introduced as Jordy LaForge's daughter, who is an ensign on the Titan. Um, and so, and I was like, that was not. I didn't know that Mika Burton, like, because I'm familiar with Mika Burton from like, like the No on like Rooster Teeth stuff from years ago, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that she was Lavar Burton's daughter. That's interesting. Yeah, now, yeah, she's. Now I'm wondering um, where I heard Misha. Oh, Misha Barton is a different actress. Uh, uh, Misha Barton. That's where I got confused. <laughs> is uh, probably best known for the OC. Where did that come from in my brain? I don't watch the OC. It's a white <laughs> blonde lady. Benjamin, why? Mika Burton and Misha Barton. Different people. Uh, Why do you let me podcast when my brain is this gloopy? I don't even have a brain. You're fine. (laughs) My brain is so smooth right now. You'll make it. We're... We're most the way through. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to get us that far off track. So anyway, so Picard's been pretty good. Uh, I'm enjoying <laughs> Picard. It's it's fun. Uh, it's it's not the show I wanted it to be, but it's fine. I like it. It's I'm enjoying it. Um, I'll watch it soon. Yeah. Do or do not. There is no try. I guess that's a different franchise. Um, anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's our early part of the Picard season review. 
<laughs> so, uh, another show that apparently you guys have been watching that I know nothing about. Um, yeah. You know who's not a smooth brain? Who's, who's not a smooth brain? Charlie. Yeah, Natasha Leung's character on Poker Face. Yes. The reason to pay for Peacock right now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, kidding. It's that's not kidding. that's like, the current legit. reason. That's it's that good. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Pokerface is a uh, it created by Ryan Johnson. Um, it was real funny the advertising for Pokerface of it is they kept like talking about him as like the creator of Knives Out, while Glass Onion is like <laughs> this huge critical success, but not wanting to say Glass Onion in any of the promotional stuff. So weird uh, because it was on a competing streaming service. Um ah okay. Yeah. Uh so uh Poker Face uh stars Natasha Leone as Charlie who is uh a person who uh, there is there is a small superpower conceit in that she can tell when anyone is lying. She just has a okay. sense whether or not people are lying or not. Mm. It doesn't mean she knows whether or not you're saying is true. She just knows whether or not you believe it. And it's uh, it, it for most of the show. So it's she she ends up like kind of at the end of the first episode on the run, um, from from this club. So every episode she's effectively in a different town, ending up in a different situation, and someone else gets murdered. And uh, the way the show is structured is um, well, just to be frank, Ryan Johnson flat out said he wanted to. He was watching a bunch of Columbo, and. Uh, <laughs> Like, it is that sense where you spend the first act of the whole show with the killers and the murder without the main character at all. All right. You, you, and then, um, unlike Columbo, where Columbo then just shows up after the murder, on Poker Face, you flash back to where Charlie was this whole time and how she was oftentimes literally just off camera. Okay, no, that's delightful. It is great, and uh, it it's the the cast is amazing because I mean Natasha Leon is is the lead. She's she's great, and when I when when I say like if you were gonna make a modern Columbo, Natasha Leon is the is the most Peter Falk person you could possibly cast yeah, from the so way good. she moves to the way she talks to the her into, every bit of her energy on screen is is Peter Falk. <laughs> And I say I, this, I like, hope... I've, I've been re-watching old Columbos because Krista and I caught up on Poker Face, and I was just like, you, you want to watch some Columbos? <laughs> Let's go watch Columbo. Because I want to watch more of this, but I've, we've, we've watched all of this that exists. So we've been watching Columbos on and off uh, over the last few weeks, too. But it is just, it is so good. It is if if you like Columbo, you will like Poker Face. Like the homage to this Columbo is going to be a huge hit in Japan. You're telling me the the homage to Columbo even comes down to like the way that they do the titles on the screen in the same yellow font. Oh my god! And just Poker Face in giant letters across the screen, <laughs> and then the title of the episode. Yeah, in big yellow block letters it is oh my god yeah it's 
Yes. If you Sign like if you like Columbo, you will like Poker Face and you should watch the hell out of it. I think everybody should watch this show. It and is if just you're unsure it's about amazing. it, you can watch the first episode for free. Yeah, you can go watch the first episode for free. Uh Peacock's so at pretty least cheap do too. That. Yeah. Go watch it. It's and I, I don't think the first episode's the strongest episode, but it is like my favorite episode so far has actually been the one that Charlie shows up, I think, the latest into it. And it's where like we're following this kind of washed up rock band on tour. And like they 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 have to recruit a new drummer. And like this is like this this rock band that had like one hit and God, who are in that the the cast in that episode is so great. Um God, let me literally, I literally need to pull it up because um, it is just, woof. God, let me pull up the episode guide here. It, it, it the, it, it, it's just like, um, yeah, it is Rest in Metal is the name of the episode. I think it's the third episode of the show. Um, hmm. And you have uh, Chloe Savigny playing like the lead singer of this band. Um, but, uh, one of the other members of the band is, uh, um, uh, the, the guy from the mountain goats. Oh, holy yeah. shit. I heard he was, in, I'm, I'm a fan of the mountain goats. Well, which is an he, he's friends with Brian Johnson. So, um, that tracks like it's. As the kids say, the the uh, mountain goats are pretty based. Yeah, it's. Um, Kristen and I were watching the episode. I was like, "Is that the guy from the mountain goats?" And she was <laughs> like, "Who?" I was like, "Oh God, no! I have to tell you." But like, also in that episode, you have John Hodgman, who is playing this character who is credited as Narc, um, who is like, they're at like this rock festival, and he's this minor character who just keeps trying to find drugs. <laughs> And it's just like such a minor part that is not important to the story, um, except for the fact that uh, Charlie does mistake him for a cop at one point, and it turns out he's not a cop at all. He is just really bad at getting a hold of drugs. That's great. Yeah. Um, just overall, it's po- watch Poker Face. Watch Poker Face. Mm-hmm. Everyone should watch Poker Face. Excellent. No, I'm adding it to my list. All right. We should do the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge. Mm-hmm. We should. All right, folks. Challenge. Challenge accepted, apparently. All right, so the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge is, uh, and this is, we are in the final run of the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge, where I'm going to keep going until someone guesses this, and the prize is going to be this book. Because the, the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge is where I read a line from a book and the challenge to you, the listener, is to guess what book it is. And uh, usually the rewards for uh, guessing it is, you get included in the Hall of Awesome, which includes having your name uh, said out loud on the episodes, as long as you're doing, have, doing the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge. Your name will be perpetually on our website, on the Hall of Awesome page, on the Nerd and Tie website. And three, we will give you high fives. But additionally, if you guess this one, the first person to guess this one, besides getting in the Hall of Awesome, will get the book if you live in the continental United States. 
so I can mail it to you. So on the off chance, one of our few, we do have overseas listeners. I can't mail this to you, um, but yeah. All right, here is the, well, I should do the current members of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. Archimedes, Zero, Arena Ascending, Cheese McDamu, Krista, Slytherin, Shameless Otaku, The Random Ramblings, Van Corfan, Capito, Curse Graham, Willisaurus, Paper Godzilla, Cabsy, The Minnesota Librarians, Sean Orange, Heath Shizuo, Sakura Sunset, Joel Christman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. Now I'll read the line from the book. Yes, sir. Tasha glanced over to where the new first officer still hunched over the viewer. If you know a book that's from, go nerdtech.com, click on the contact button and fill out the form form and tell us. And uh, I think that's the most obvious line I could have read out of that entire <laughs> book. What, when I say my line choosing is random, it, it is completely random. I open up to a random page and just put my finger down and read that line. And I think that that one might have given it away. Uh <laughs> Oopsie. Ah, well. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's our show. Well, it was a delight talking with you fine folks again and informing you lovely listeners for another month. As always, I am Celeste and I am best. I'm Trey Dorn. I'm Smooth Brain Genjamin. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on any podcatcher that you like, be it Apple Podcasts, be it Google Podcasts, be it Spotify, be it Stitcher. Just, you know, sign up and listen every month, and you can rate and review us on platforms like Apple Podcasts, and that really does help the show out a bit. It helps us get in front of more people's ears, and we always want to be in front of your ears and not inside them, because that would be weird and uncomfortable for both you and for us at any given point. Remember, you can follow the show on social media, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdandtie. We're on Tumblr at nerdandtie.tumblr.com. And I guess we have a Twitter. We're not paying any fucking attention to it anymore. It's just auto-tweeting off of our website forever until they shut down our API access, which could happen any day now because Elon Musk is a psychopath. Anyways, we still love you either way. Anyways, you can also support this show financially. I've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. Celeste has got a Patreon at patreon.com slash Celeste is best. And you can help Gen out financially by purchasing items from Ocelot Dude Designs on Etsy. Isn't that right, Gen? What's in the shop right now? In the shop right now are um things and stuff. Things? Lotus pillows. Ooh, those sound fantastic and wonderful to cuddle with, Gen. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Remember, we're part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. There's a whole family of shows you could be listening to right now, including the new season of The Meat Grinder. The Meat Grinder Season 3 is a spooky story set in space. It's fun and creepy, and a lot of people die. But not as many as probably should have this time around. But the deaths are still <laughs> fulfilling, and uh, super great. And again, near the end, one of my favorite characters I've ever played shows up. That's right, and that updates every fifteenth on nerdandtie.com/meatgrinder. And you know, there's a whole bunch of other shows at nerdandtie.com you could be listening to. You should check out all of them. Also, if you'd like to get in contact with any of us or chat with your fellow listeners, there's a great Discord that we have. 
where all the Nerd and Tie Show listeners can get together and talk to each other about how weird we are and why they think we all should be hospitalized. And you can find an invite for that at nerdandtie.com slash discord. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Or not listening. You might not have listened. You could have put this on in the background. We'd be okay with that, too. You could have put this on Uh, while you slept. You could be asleep right now. This, in fact, you could have put this on as you went to sleep, and you only think you're listening to the show right now. And this is just a dream, Steve. They're Mm -hmm. coming to get you, Steve. You need to run. You need to get up and run right now. Everything is going wrong. Oh my God, the lizards! The lizards are coming. All of these tiny lizards, each one of them carrying a pencil. They're here to tell you didn't do your homework on time, and you have to give a book report. Although, trust the leopard gecko. That's the only one you can trust. I'm just waiting for Trey to bust this voice out on the next episode of Star uh, Stormwood. I hadn't planned on it, but I totally could. You totally could. I have so many voices. I have so many voices I haven't busted out on Stormwood yet. If we do another future storyline, it could be Starwood and Associates. It could. It's in space. Yes. Turn my <laughs> smooth brain mistakes into I'm sorry. Benjamin, <laughs> you just gotta keep calm and keep on spocking in the free world. Oh, if you don't think that uh, Meat Grinder Season 3 isn't going to somehow to, uh, tie into a future Stormwood arc, you're sorely mistaken because every Meat Grinder Season ties in to a Stormwood arc. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm okay now. All right, I should probably stop recording the show, huh? Probably. I don't know, y'all. Uh, in your house, that... in your minds, in your bushes, whatever. <laughs> in your bushes. <laughs> Why? I tell people I'm in their bushes outside their window sometimes on this. It's part of my random string of consciousness that I often Usually because out. you are, though. It's getting weird. <laughs>